I can't see none of y'all individually. When life circumstances come and things start to block my vision, smudges come, dirt, things smear. My vision's blurred, even with my glasses. But what prayer and fasting does in the word is it comes along and it cleans the lenses of my eyes so I can speak in faith the things that I cannot see. It clears up things that were once blurry. God has been good in my life. He's been good in every one of our lives. And prayer and fasting just really solidifies his word in your heart. It takes a place and his love is able to flow through you. Because I tell you, I can tell when it's been a while since I've prayed and fast. Because things start to creep up. I start to get frustrated and I start to maybe get a little angry in my own person, in my own flesh. And I realize mm, there's nothing good in me but him. There's nothing good in me but him. And it's time to start dying to whatever's trying to, to take up root and whatever's trying to grow. It's time to weed it out. It's time to get it out. So during this time of prayer and fasting, what I encourage you, it's worth it. There's a deepness and a richness, and it cleanses that spiritual eye and allows you to see things and to speak things in faith. Speak what you cannot see. Stand firm upon his word and his promises. Find his promises because his will, if you speak that, it will come to pass. His word never fails. It goes out and accomplishes that which it will. That's what I have. Praise God. Thank you. I'm challenging you to grab hold of things. I believe the Lord will, in that simplicity, I believe the Lord will continue to impart things that I encourage you to lay hold of. Fasting brings clarity of vision. I know that to be true. Amen. Praise God. Brother Johnstone, would you come? Thank you, Brother Hart. Fasting to me, we're going to go back about 40 years ago or more. Many of you know that when I came to God, I didn't know how to read and write. And I learned to read and write by reading the Bible over and over. I don't read by phonics or things. I have to read by memory. So I memorize the words. And you'll say, well, what in the world does that got to do with fasting and prayer? Fasting and praying levels the playing field. What I was inadequate in, in a natural sense, God could overcome in a spiritual sense. So God could, because I, I never asked to be in the ministry. It was a calling on my life. I didn't even volunteer when he called me. I, we, had a, we argued for two years about this. So this wasn't something I thought, oh, wow, I'm, uh, this is it. Yeah, I'm all right. Uh-uh. Want nothing to do with this. I don't want to go down this road at all. But once I yielded to that and, and was allowing God to work, I knew that I could not do it in myself. The talent wasn't there. The ability wasn't there. The eloquence of speech wasn't there. So I had nothing I could look to in the flesh and say, okay, I can do this. But what I learned about in my mind in fasting, a couple of things. 
I believe that fasting is the highest form of worship I can give to God. Lifting my hands in a wave offering isn't too tough. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of Not too hard to clap. But if I'm really going to worship him, I begin to push the plate away. And I'm saying, I want you more than this. I want your leading and guiding more than this. I like this. This is good stuff. Believe me. But I really want the move of God in my life. We all know the verse that these things go not out but by prayer and fasting. If you want to see it, that's what we have to do. We have to come to a place of submitting ourselves to him and, and, and dying out and crucifying the flesh where it's not about me any longer. It's where do you lead me? Where do you guide me? What, what do you have? And in my young years of pastoring, because of inadequacy, a lot of prayer meetings, we would do all-night prayer meetings. We'd come to the church on Friday night after work, and we'd pray through in, into the morning. We, we would go into weeks fast at a time. I, I can't remember his name, but I, I listened to a tape on fasting, one of our men, and he fasted three days a week for three months. And he would do that in intervals. And I began to pray about it. And I began to do that in intervals. But boy, the Spirit of God came alive. <laughs> and things began to happen. It is a sacrifice. It is something that I want this more than I want anything else. I want to know him. I don't want to know about him. Don't give me all the stats and the statistics. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people just, just tell me about him and I'll be good. No, no. I want to be like the apostle Paul. Lord, I, I want to know him. And I think we could all agree that Paul knew him. Look at all the missionary journeys and all that he had accomplished. But I really believe it comes back to I can get as close to God as I want. God doesn't hold me back, doesn't hold anybody back in here. We're all going to get as close as we're willing to crucify the flesh and say, Lord, I want closer. Talk to me. I want to feel you. I want to hear you. I want to see you. I want clear direction. Lord, I want to know this is you and this is where you're leading me and this is the road you're taking down me down or this is the family you want me to reach into. We've been praying for some family members for years and years and years. But this week, Elder, young lady called my wife. Well, she's 52. Uh, <laughs> but we've known her since a little girl, related through family, and pouring her heart out to God. Another young man that, from our church in Oregon that went in the military, fell away from God, made contact with us just yesterday. Of all things, an accidental thing. We thought we was texting the brother. <laughs> he said, no. This is PJ. Reconnecting. Reconnecting. God is doing an awesome work right now. So as you continue to pray, God is working behind the scenes. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Can I say it another way? It's God taking the invisible and making it visible. 
I can't see them saved right now. They're not in here, but it's going to happen. The invisible will become the visible. I will see them repenting, see them being baptized, see them receiving the Holy Ghost, see them involved and active in the work of God because faith gives me hope. I, I can see the impossible because God gives that to us. But it's in the realms of prayer and fasting that it comes to us. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like Brother Lewis to come. Praise God. In my uh, earlier walk with God, I, uh, I uh, began to involve myself in prayer and uh, overnight prayers, you know, where we would come together and we would stay in the church and pray. And I remember all that in Wapato. And uh, I... Uh, I started uh, seeing things more clearly, but it was when I began to fast, to seek the Lord, to go further, to desire to be closer to him. And I remember, you know, going on a, a week's fast and uh, I, uh, I started out. And I remember by the third day, I mean, everything just changed. Something broke inside of my, my flesh. It was like a barrier that God took me through. And I remember that day so clearly. That, I mean, that day changed me so much because I walked out of my work and I looked up into the sky and it was like, the Lord just slowed time down. He made things so much clearer and so much. Uh, he made my mind more focused of what I was looking at and what I was seeing. It was like all time stopped, <laughs> you know, slowing it down. And I remember that day, I, you know, because I was struggling, you know, throughout those days, fasting, you know, keeping myself away from the plate, from, from anything, you know, from uh, water even. And uh, I mean, it, it was a struggle, you know, but I wanted to know him. I wanted to get closer to him. And if we want to break barriers of the flesh, we got to do that. And... Once I begin to see things more clearly, it's like I didn't want to go back. You have this desire once you go, you go past that where he's taking you. It's like you don't want to go back to how you were before. But it happens if you allow it. And if you let that flesh, you know, have its way again in your life. But I promise you, if you continue to make it as a diet in your life of fasting and prayer and seeking him, 
God's going to break those barriers. The Bible says he, that's his desire to break every yoke. Every barrier of your flesh. Everything that keeps you uh, holding back, if I could say. Holding back from the things of God, from the blessings, from that which you cannot see. The things that are spiritual, the blessings that he has for you. Amen. Amen. Sister Priscilla, I'm asking you to come. Amen. I see some of you taking notes. I think that's good. It's important. Be gleaning. Praise the Lord. Um, I, I had a breakthrough in my life about five and a half years ago, uh, 2016. And um, after that breakthrough, I told the Lord I wanted to be as close to him as I could possibly be. Um, and the Lord started to show me things. I'm so grateful, like Brother Johnstone said, it, we could be as close to him as we want. Um, and he took me into a fast, and I asked my husband if I could share this, and I'm grateful he said yes. Um, but he, he led me into fasting, and it was a very short fast from food, but it was a longer, what we called then media fast, um, a media fast. And um, what's interesting about that is... Um, what we gave up during that time of prayer and fasting, the Lord took his consecrations, and they've become consecrations in our lives, um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and then um, a couple years later, or a year and a half later or so, um, I love books, and the Lord started drawing me to books um, about prayer and fasting, and I was nervous about that because, you know, I don't, I, I want the results spiritually from fasting, but it hurts. It crucifies our flesh. And so um, I got nervous. But um, going into this fast, I'm excited. I still feel that nervousness. I still feel, uh, I guess, a sense of dread. But... Um, but as, as I think about it, I'm grateful because the Lord is calling us into something. He's asking us of something, and he's not going to ask us of something that he's not going to give back so much more fold. And um, I was talking to Azario about this earlier, and the last, I would call extended fast, that the Lord called me into, it was right before, um, right before I started my master's program right before I got my teaching certificate. And I, if you've ever talked to me about any of this, these are not things I could ever do on my own. And I believe, I know, like Brother Donson said, um, the Lord was preparing me for things I can't do on my own. And so fasting, it does that in us. It prepares us for things <clears throat> that we can't do. But with this last, um, that last extended fast, the Lord again, dealt with me about spiritual disciplines. I learned later on, um, actually through my studies, that that's spiritual discipline, like being in the word, being in prayer. Um, it's harder than those things, at least for me. Um, 
but it, it does keep us empty. It helps us to see the things of God. It helps me to hear God. Um, and going into this fast, I think we fasted a lengthier fast in November, and that's when the Lord started dealing with me personally about an extended fast. Um, and he started talking to me about things that I hadn't, I mean, I heard about and, and we've seen, but it's just different. And so I'm just going to go to a couple scriptures. Um, the first one being Esther chapter 4. Um, Esther chapter 4. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, Esther chapter 4, and we know, um, I, I believe many of us are familiar with the story of Esther. Um, long story short, Esther, this Jewish young lady, uh, becomes queen, um, and it's during a time where her people, the people of God, are being targeted. Um, the enemy uses Haman to come against these people, and... Um, Esther is put in a position where she's she needs to she needs to act. Um, so um, Mordecai tells Esther she needs to approach the king. She's in a place where yes, it's dangerous, but she needs to take this chance. <clears throat> I'm going to start in verse 13. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that she will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, <clears throat> I perish. And that's how the Lord has been dealing with me about this. It's for the deliverance um, of God's people. We know that there are people that God has called, and they're, they're captive right now. And I can't understand how fasting, how me denying my flesh is going to loosen those bonds, loosen those chains. But it does, and it's according to the word of God. And again, another uh, familiar place in scripture regarding fasting is Isaiah 58. And I'm just going to read the one verse because um, this is how the Lord is dealing with me about it, this, this go-round. Um, Uh, Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, like Brother Lewis said. Um, when we fast, it affects those around us. Chains are broken, and I am believing for chains to be broken um, I'm, and I was telling many of you, actually, many of my sisters, um, whenever I fast, I like to read about fasting. It just kind of helps me. Um, and I'm reading a book right now that talks about revival breaking out after 
group fasts. Um, and like I said, I, I'm believing that for people we don't even know yet, but I'm believing that for people that we know and we love and have become captive. Um, so I'm grateful. Um, and I, I found something today that I'd written in 2016. It kind of goes hand in hand with what Sister Brittany said. Fasting is a resource that we use. Um, we pray, we read the word, but fasting, it, it should be, it should have its place in our lives as worship to God and to keep us sharp and hearing the Lord's voice. I'm grateful and I'm looking forward to it as much as I can. So. Praise God. This is rich to me. This is rich to me and the, the thread of the spirit in that which is shared from different perspectives is valuable to us in the witness of the word. I'm asking Brother Zario to come. Good evening, church. Um, Elder had reached out to me and my wife earlier after service. We were one of those people. Um, and just asked if I could share some scriptures that I felt the Lord led me in um, on the topic of fasting. And so just want to go there. Got a few spots here. So if we could go to Daniel chapter 10, verses, I'm going to read verses 2 through 12. For Brother Ethan back there. And these are just the areas that I felt like the Lord ministered to me on, on fasting, on the topic of fasting. So it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose uh, waist was girded with gold of Euphes. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was uh, turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face and with my face to the ground. And I just got a couple more verses. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. I read all of that to kind of set the context of the scripture and the setting because of his fasting and because he set that time aside, those three weeks. Um, he was seeking a word from the Lord 
And he didn't just stop in the middle of it. He waited until he heard a word from the Lord. And it came through this messenger of the Lord to Daniel, and it encouraged him. And he gave him encouragement of, we heard from the very first day. From the very first time you spoke those words and sought, you know, we had heard it. God had heard it. And um, it just encourages me in this passage of scriptures that we don't just fast just to fast just because we know we should, but we fast because we know there's a greater purpose in it all and that the Lord will give us a word. The Lord will direct us through it and not to be content with just to fast for a few days, but keep going until until we feel the assurance and the confidence that the Lord has given us something, not only for our benefit, but for others as well. And I believe that's the true reason why we fast. I think it's not just for us, but it's for the benefit of others, for his kingdom. And one more place I wanted to go to that my wife actually was reading, and we didn't get together on this, but it's in Isaiah 58. I wanted to just read a little bit further and kind of repeat exactly what she said, but go down a few more verses with it. Isaiah 58, uh, starting with verse 6. And this just really ministered to me, I think as a whole to me with fasting, just really spoke to me. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? And this is the Lord speaking to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. And these are things to me that speak of, they're the outcome of our fast. They're the things that the Lord does on our behalf because of our fast that we do in his name. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. So truth, uh, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. And that just really ministered to me um, because I feel like that's what we're seeking in our fast. These things are the the products of our fast, and it's the reason we do it. Like I shared before, it's not just for us, but it's for others. And we see by fasting what the Lord can do through it. Amen. So that's all I got. Amen. Sister Julie, would you come? She thought I was going to skip her, I think. She said she was hoping. I was like, everybody already said it all. <laughs> As everybody was talking and I was thinking out after Elder asked us to um, think about what fasting means to us and what experiences have I had with it. And Brittany, the clarity and Brother John Stone, um, the leading that God brings and my husband, the yokes that are broken and Sister Priscilla, those beautiful things that you learned through fasting and how going further. Um, I am not an expert at fasting. And um, it is something that I have struggled with in my walk with God because I don't like to be uncomfortable. Right? Um, It's easy to lift your hands 
it's easy to clap. It's, you know, some people might find that more difficult than others, but it's not hard. We can do it. And, um, but fasting takes a little bit of denying. And <laughs> my husband, the other day, I think it was Thursday, I think he said he was excited to fast. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you telling the truth? <laughs> I'm excited, like Priscilla said, the, the outcome of it. I, I, I want that. I desire that. I, I, I want that so bad. But it becomes difficult. And what's funny is, is if I wake up one day and I've got a whole list of things to do, and I can go all day without eating and never even think about it. But the moment I decide to fast, I'm hungry before I wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how long it's been, but God has been talking to the body for a really long time. And if you've been listening, he's calling us to consecration, deeper places in him. He wants to do something in these last days, and he cannot do it if we are full of ourselves. And we can pray and we can read the word and God can bless our lives. But if there is not a denying of ourself, we'll get in the way. And we'll cause harm because we'll be doing things in our flesh. The Bible says that the flesh wrestles against the spirit. And if I allow the flesh to have its way, if I say, I don't want to do that, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to go here. It's a little more comfortable. And I'll just proclaim that God's blessing me here and I'll proclaim that this is God's will but do I see clearly am I really hearing his voice have I sought his voice fasting is so important to us and I'll, I'll promise you just like my husband said that first day it's going to be like pulling teeth it's going to be like, you'll wake up in the morning, and 10 o'clock will come, and you'll be like, oh, my God, how much longer? How much longer? And, you know, dinner time comes. You're like, oh, I could just give up now. You know, God understands. I, you know, I went all day. And I'm guilty of that. But go the next day, and you'll find that you don't wake up as hungry. And you might be a little tired because your flesh is wrestling against you. It's battling for control. And you can yield to it. And God will honor what you've given to him. But there's more. You get to that second day. The third day comes. And I'm promised that third day, there is something, something about that third day. You don't feel hungry. You're not even thinking about food anymore. You're, you're not foggy-minded. You're not tired. And you want to go further. Don't give up there. Go further. More comes. And I can't tell you exactly what happens in fasting. I can't tell you that, oh, God answered the specific thing. He did the specific thing in me. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes you don't even see what's happening. But God is doing something. He is breaking things. And there's changes happening. And, and it, you might not even realize it until years later. Like, wait, that really did happen in fasting. I, I think that's when that happened. That's when it changed. But... Let me encourage you to, to really take this, what Elder Hearts asked us. He, he's leading us. 
there's scripture about being submitted to his authority. And I've said it, I said it up here in front of you guys before, like, I struggle fasting, but when Elder Hart asks, I'll do it. But we should. And if, you know, you go the whole week, you do the five days, you do one day, you do two days, whatever you do, continue to fast. Maybe not from food, but fast. Push something else away and do the whole 28 days. I promise you, you'll come out changed. Praise God. Are you receiving tonight? Are you receiving some instruction and some wisdom? I am. Can I have just a few more minutes and share some scriptures with you? Much has been touched on. And I want you to see it in the words. Some scriptures have been used. I'll not repeat them. I'll just remind you and you can draw on what was already shared, all right? Uh, I do believe the Lord is drawing us to this place. <clears throat> it is a consecration. It's a separating of ourselves unto the Lord. It's the old story of two dogs in a fight. Which one wins? The one you feed the most. Right? And so this war that Sister Julie talked about between our flesh and our spirit, which one wins? The one we feed the most. And so when we deny feeding our flesh, we're purposing to feed our spirit. We're being very intentional. I'm not feeding my flesh. I, some of you heard me make this statement before. I'd lift weights if they weren't so heavy. Right? I mean, you can tell. Some people are like, I'd fast if I didn't like food so much. Now, let me make this, and I think we've probably gathered this tonight, but what is fasting not? Fasting is not bribing God. Okay? We don't fast to get God to do something. We fast has been distinctly shared. We fast to get our flesh crucified. To deny our flesh. God already wants to do things. We're just trying to get in tune with what he wants to do. More clarity. Hear his voice more. Right? Give in to my flesh less. So fasting does those things. It doesn't convince God to do something. It gets us aligned more perfectly with his will so he can do what he wants to do. And our prayer becomes less about us and more about his will. Okay, so fasting does that. It is this denying of self. I want to run through some things quickly. The book of Joel, chapter 2, and, and I'm going to move swiftly for sake of time so you can turn there with me or you can follow on the screen and write them down and go back and dig deeper. Joel, chapter 2, and verse 11. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. He's called the Lord of hosts, right? The Lord of hosts means the Lord of armies. The Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. Man, I like that. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. That's not terrible in a bad way. It's powerful. And who can abide it? 
Verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me. His people had turned away from him. They had things that had distracted them and caused them not to give God their fullness of attention and consecration. And so he said, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Verse 13, and rend your heart and not your garments and turn to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness. And repenteth him of the evil. Because he brought evil on them because they turned from him. Verse 14. Who knoweth if he will return and repent. And leave a blessing behind him. Even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Let me tell you one of the first and primary purposes of fasting. And I believe it is something that we need to examine in our lives as we begin this week. It is a fasting of repentance. Now we have made repentance something where like, you know what? I haven't sinned. Forgive me for my sin, God, I repent. Amen. Fasting is consecration. So I begin to say, I want to go deeper. I want to draw closer. I want to hear your voice more. These things that have been shared. And many times that comes with a place of repentance. God, I've been casual about my time with you. Forgive me. God, I've skimmed through your word but not dug into it. Forgive me. Renewing me a hunger for the word. As I push the plate away, give me a hunger for the things of God and the word of God. I've been complacent, Lord, in some areas of my walk. Forgive me, God. Draw me closer. You understand there's a repentance that comes with fasting. Not saying I'm this terrible individual. It's not about beating yourself over the head. It's about letting the Spirit of God begin to deal with these areas in my life where I'm not separated and consecrated unto him. And repenting. And I'll tell you what happened. He'll begin illuminating things to you that maybe you've given room to or entertained. That all of a sudden the closer you get to him you're like, hold on a minute. I don't, I don't think I want that. Now here's the challenge. When you come out of the fast do you go back to it? Or do you determine I'm going to keep that place of consecration unto him that he dealt with me during my fast? All right, so fasting, first we see here, is a place of repentance. Um, the book of James, chapter 4, and I'm moving quickly. I'm going to give you several things. You can go back and dig in these. I think it's beautiful what Sister Priscilla shared about she likes to read and study about fasting while she's doing it. I think that's great. James, chapter number 4, verse number 8 through 10. Watch what James says here. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. You ever tried, you don't have to raise your hand. You ever tried to get close to somebody and you felt like they were pushing you away and you're like, this is a one-sided deal. 
uh, oh, I remember the Dayton days. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. That's just, anyway. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Somebody talked about fasting gets us closer to God. Brother John Stone said you can get as close as you want to get to him. Fasting is a way we seek to draw nigh to God. Denying my... Now, notice the next thing James says in this drawing nigh to God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Whoa! Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. They had a mind for the things of God, but they also had a mind for the things of the world. They were double-minded. Verse 9, watch what he says. Be afflicted. Well, that doesn't sound fun. That word afflicted there literally means to be humbled. Allow yourself to be humbled. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. That sounds like what Joel said, right? And let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Oh, hold on a minute. I don't like where this is going. We need to understand this is a process. This is not the end. This is why we don't look forward to it. This is the undoing of ourselves. This is the dying of ourselves. That's the beginning of the process. The end is a different story. Remember, we, it was read in Isaiah 58. Then will your light break forth as the morning. Don't get caught up in the beginning, but you got to press through. This is that barrier that we have to break that has been spoken about. Okay, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's exciting right there. The last verse, not so exciting. That verse, that's powerful. So what does that look like? How do I humble myself? How do I afflict myself? The psalmist in Psalm 35 and verse 13 may be familiar to some of you. Watch what the psalmist said. He gives us a clear definitive answer in the word of God. Psalm 35 and 13. I'm putting that computer technician to work. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. And what happened when he did that? My prayer returned into my bosom. I humbled my soul with fasting. I afflicted my soul. With fasting. James said we needed to do this. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Afflict yourselves. Weep and mourn. Humble yourselves. And he'll lift you up. We humble ourselves through fasting. So fasting is a place of repentance. It's a place of humbling ourselves. It's a way scripturally that we humble ourselves before the Lord. Ezra chapter 8. Again, I'm moving quickly. Just giving you some different things here. In the word. Ezra 8 and verse number 21. To me, this is one of the most powerful elements of fasting and that I pray often when I'm fasting. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. And you'll see this will affect you and your house. Ezra is speaking. Now, you need to understand the book of Ezra. Ezra had instruction and direction from the Lord. They had been in exile, and Ezra was chosen of God. They were going back, and they were rebuilding the temple. 
That's so important because the temple represented where the presence of God dwelt. And Israel had got away from that, and so they were in bondage and captivity. We need bonds broken so people can feel the presence of God again. And so Ezra had been chosen of the Lord because of his heart for the God, for the Lord, to rebuild the temple, a place where the presence of the Lord was known to dwell. Ezra said, I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might, there's that word again, afflict ourselves before our God. That's humble ourselves. He said, I proclaimed a fast that we as people would humble ourselves before God. Watch why he said, to seek of him a right way for us. Brother Zario said it from Daniel, to get a word from the Lord, to hear from God, to get direction. Sister Brittany said to get clarity. What is, we humble ourselves before God in fasting and to seek a right way for us. Not our way. See, if we're not fasting, we're just going to go our way. What's most convenient? What's most comfortable? Surely I can eat and still hear from God. I'm sure you can. But there's something about humbling ourselves before God. It becomes an expression of our heart to God. God, I desire to hear your voice and to know your direction more than I desire my flesh to be satisfied with earthly meat. All right. This is why he said we were fasting, to seek of God a right way for us and watch and for our little ones. We weren't just doing this for ourselves. We were seeking direction for our children. And he went further. And for all of our substance. Now, in Ezra's day, their substance was cattle and sheep. And you understand? But that scripture still applies to us. When I pray and humble myself and fast... I'm seeking God's way for us, our families, the congregation, my family, for our little ones, for our children, and for our substance. God, everything you've given into my hand, everything you've brought to me, all of the, that you've supplied in my life, I'm seeking your way for all of that. Does that make sense? This is what Ezra said. We're proclaiming a fast for this. Verse 22. For I was ashamed. Now watch. This is what's dealing with his humanity. We're seeing this. And he knew the way to deal with it is fasting. I was ashamed of the, to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken to the king. The king is not a spiritual king. But he's the one that gave leave to Ezra to go rebuild the temple. And he told him God, his hand was on their lives. He said, so I was ashamed after telling him God's hands on our life to come back and say, but we're not sure about where we're going, so could you give us some protection in the natural? What was Ezra saying? We didn't want to start depending on the natural. We wanted the Lord to direct our way. I was ashamed to require the king, a band of soldiers, and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him 
But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. Verse 23. So, we fasted. And we besought our God for this. And I like that last line. And he was entreated of us. He heard us. He made a way. Amen? So fasting gets direction for our lives. When I find myself in a place and I'm like, man, I need some direction right now. One of the first things I do is I've got to to fast. I just need some direction, Lord. All right. Afflict, I said, is to humble. Matthew chapter 6. Just a few more places here. We'll finish. Matthew 6, verse 16. Jesus is speaking. He had something to say about fasting. Jesus said, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. I just forgot this picture. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to fast. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. I haven't been eating for three days, but, you know, I'm okay. Jesus said that's not how we do it. Go into work. You're not eating with Oh, no, I'm fasting, but I'm okay. Yeah, no. Jesus said that's not how we do it. We're not trying to appear unto men to fast. It's not our goal. We're seeking to humble ourselves before God. This is between us and God. The only reason we have a sign-up sheet, and I even wish there was a different way to do that. Maybe I'll figure a different way. The only reason we have a sign-up sheet is just so we can know every day is covered. I wish we didn't have to have you put, you know, I'm just going to tell on myself right now. I promise you, I promise you, I'm fasting with you. But once I know all the days are covered, I just prefer not to put my name on there. You say, well, that's not fair to us. I'm not trying to be unfair. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll figure something out where you can just put a number. In one, but we just like to know it's committed. But please, this isn't about elevating people. You understand. It's not about appearing to men to fast. But I also know that there's something about putting your name down that makes you have a commitment too. So there's value in that. Right? And when you can look and see somebody's name beside you or on the day before or the day after, it sort of encourages you, doesn't it? And so there's value in that. It's not all the... But remember, it's not about us. So we don't fast. Jesus said we don't fast to draw attention to ourselves. They do all that. So they can, the hypocrites do that to appear to me. And he said, verily I say to you, they have their reward. What is their reward? Their reward is that they got the recognition of men that they were fasting. That was their reward. Whoop-de-doo. I'm not interested in that reward. But I'm interested in a reward. And there is one. Verse 17. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint your head. That's speaking of like putting oil. Refresh yourself. Be refreshed. Wash your face. Put oil on your head. Revive yourself. Anoint your head. Wash your face. Verse 18. That you don't appear to men 
to fast. They shouldn't look at you and think, man, you look like you haven't ate in a while. People say that about me sometimes. I don't know if I'm I'll take that personal. <laughs> that you appear not unto men to fast, but, now watch, watch, but to your Father, which is in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret. Nobody else knows, but He knows. And watch what it says. He shall reward you openly. Apparently, there's reward with fasting. Is that what the word says? He shall reward you openly. You know what happens? There are people who consecrate and dedicate themselves to the Lord. They have a closet of prayer. They have a place in the word. They have times of fasting. And nobody knows how consecrated they really are. But when you get around them, their life just ministers. And you're like, man. And we, what is that? That's the Lord rewarding them openly. And you're like, what's going on? I... I shared, I'm going to play it here one of these days. I, I have this six and a half minute YouTube video of this lady singing a song at General Conference some years ago. It's Southern Gospel. That's not necessarily most of our things. I understand that. But I wanted my family to hear it. I said, I want you to watch this. My, my one, one of my sons was talking to me about music and uh, Christian music per se. And how he felt like some people, even though they didn't have the fullness of truth, they were still seeking after God, feeling after God. And, and they were witnessing something. There was some emotion and maybe even some of the spirit of God as they would sing. And he was identifying with that. And I was talking him through that a little bit. I said, I'm not denying that, but I think you have to be careful. They've also learned to seek after a feeling and an experience and not a depth of truth. And we need both. There will be experience. There will be feeling. But there are things that come. They are open rewards as a result of consecration that comes through fasting. And so I told him, I said, I want you to watch this six and a half minute video. And I want you to see. I believe in a moment you'll recognize the difference between emotion and feeling and anointing of God. Now, I know Southern Gospel is not his thing either. But I know the Holy Ghost when I feel it. And so he's sitting in the car with me. I'm driving. I have him pull it up on his phone. I say, that one. He hits play. I'm driving down the road. And this is from, I don't know, it might be from 20 years ago. Old recording. Video quality's not the greatest. The music quality's so-so. It's not even 40 seconds into it. And I look over and my son's weeping. Why? It was the anointing of God. I promise you, that anointing that was flowing through that lady singing, it came from a closet. And there was a reward being manifested openly that I'm certain came from their place of secret consecration unto God. 
And what happens sometimes is we look at men and women of God and go, I'd like to minister like that. I'd like to operate like that. I'd like to flow in the spirit like that. And we try to copy and emulate what they do rather than seek a closet of prayer and a place of fasting and consecration that they have. Fasting. He rewards openly. Amen? Praise God. That's Jesus that said that. I'm not going to read it because it's already been read. Isaiah, and this is the last places in Scripture here, just two other places. Isaiah 58 was read to us. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Right? Isaiah 58, 6 through 8. Sister Priscilla and Brother Zario read those verses. To break the yoke, to do those things, right? Luke chapter 4. I want you to remember that from Isaiah, and then let's finish here in the fourth chapter of Luke. Luke chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Our supreme example. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. He'd been baptized. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. He was fasting. 40 days. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I always laugh at that verse inwardly. I'm like, man, I would have been hungering long before afterward. (laughs) I'm just saying. Keep your hand there in Luke chapter 4. I want us to see this progression. We're not going to read the whole chapter. We're going to jump through it so we can see the progression. Sister Julie talked about it. Brother Lewis talked about it, about this barrier that we hit. There are barriers in our flesh. Okay? And we, we press beyond them. Okay? That is the denying of our flesh. Now, you show me somebody that says, man, when I go on a fast, the Lord gives me grace, and I start the fast, and I'm not even hungry. They're lying to you. I'm sorry. We have flesh. Okay? We have flesh. You're going to be hungry. It's going to happen. But this denying of the flesh brings breakthrough in the spirit. Okay. And the first day is difficult to me in my experience for whatever reason the second day has always been the hardest for me most times. I don't know why. I'm not trying to plant some thought in the back of your mind. Um but for me that's the day I, my head my body all this stuff because there's also something that's happening naturally when you're fasting by the way. Your body is getting rid of all these toxins, <laughs> in case you didn't know that. When you're fasting and you're just drinking water, your body is flushing out all these toxins. I, I'm not trying to be graphic or gross, but that's the reason your waist begins to look different early on in a fast. Let's just be real. And so it's purging all this stuff out of you. So your body's going to start feeling things. 
You'll be disoriented at first. You're maybe, but what happens is you press beyond that barrier. There becomes sharpness. There becomes clarity. There becomes focus. You're like, whoa. I, I thought Brother Lewis's description was beautiful. It seems like everything just slows down. Right? It's like, oh, man, I, I see clearly that nothing's moving quick now. I just, this is a result of fasting. So we go through these barriers. All right? I, I had asked a, a friend that I know has given himself to extended fast. If he had anything uh, that he might share, and he said this regarding purpose. Fasting kills the flesh, so God's spirit is stronger in our lives. What we've talked about. We don't fast to get God to do something. We fast to get into alignment with God and better hear his voice. Here's something he said, some practical insights, which is what I asked him for. If you're married, you got to be in agreement together that you're going to fast for an extended time. We read that in Corinthians. Paul said, if you're going to fast, husband and a wife, and you're abstaining from one another for this set time for, because of fasting, then agree to that, and then when the fast is over, okay. All right? Um, don't isolate. Right? Sometimes it's easier to isolate. Let me just avoid everybody. Let me just get my own little shell. Let me, then I'll, I'll, I'll make my way through. No, no, no. Don't isolate. If you have a family, if you have children, you got to continue to spend family time and interact. Spend time with them at the dinner table. Sit with them. It's important to maintain family time. Now, I realize there's some that parents here will be fasting, but you'll not have your children fasting the whole time. you got to maintain that time. Sit with them around the table. You say, that's torture. You'll be exampling something to them. And, and teach them to fast. Teach them to fast. You might think I'm crazy, but my mom introduced me to fasting when I was five years old. I don't know that I fasted my first full day of fasting when I was five. But she was already introducing me to this idea and this understanding of fasting a meal. I thank God for that. It's teaching principles of the word of denying self. So maintain those family times. Uh, if you're going on an extended one, step into it slow and step out of it slow. I know some, some think, man, you know what? I am going to pile on tonight before this fast starts. I'm just telling you that is not wise. Now, you can do what you will. You want one last indulgence of the flesh. You, you do what you will. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's not wise, okay? I'm not telling you don't eat starting tonight, but be wise. Don't give to gluttony this evening, right? I'm setting my alarm for 1130, man, and I am getting up in the 30 minutes till midnight. I am chowing down. You laugh, but I know how human we are. <laughs> and I speak from experience in the past. <laughs> Isn't that funny how alive our flesh really is? So, and then, of course, when you break your fast, it's not wise to eat a huge meal. You should have a plan and portion your way back in. Um, 
It's possible to go three days without food and water. Um, but it's not, you know, if you're going to go longer than that, you really have to drink water. Um, and I, I'm not saying you should go the first three days without water. Don't misunderstand me if you're going to do an extended one. Uh, I personally will drink water the whole time. Um, and if if I get a little, if I feel like, okay, I'm getting a little off center here. I got to just, I may drink a glass of orange juice, some natural juice, Okay. Now, I won't sit there and say, man, just give me a gallon of orange juice and I'll just drink orange juice, right? I'm sort of defeating. You understand the difference between defeating the purpose, right? Okay. Um, it's just practical stuff, okay? Um, and a long extended fast with only water can really cause some stomach issues long term. It's been proven. So maybe just a light, maybe if you feel like this is cheating, whatever the Lord gives you grace for. But, but maybe like a light broth, just a cup along the way. It's, it's important for your, okay? Um, and then one other practical insight here. Don't listen to your emotion. That's hard. But that's what we're trying to crucify. You are killing or disciplining your flesh. You will often have more attacks and feel less of God. During an extended fast. Oftentimes we don't see the result till the end of it. For me, that's sometimes the most difficult part of fasting. I'm like, man, I'm fasting. I'm seeking to be consecrated here in God. I'm... Hello? You know I'm here. It feels like nothing. But I'm telling you, when that breakthrough comes... So don't give in to emotion. The enemy will cause you to question. You know, think Jesus in the wilderness. That's where we're at here in Luke chapter 4. The enemy came and tempted him during this time. So your question, is this me? I should just stop because this isn't working. That's probably a checking of your motive in your fast. All right. Uh, there will be emotional ups and downs. It's part of the process. So let's finish here where we are in Luke. So we read 1 and 2. Skip down to verse 14. So Jesus has fasted 40 days. I want you to see the after the fast. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Notice he went into the wilderness led by the Spirit. After fasting, he came out in the power of the Spirit. That's a result of fasting. In the power of the Spirit. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Now, he didn't promote himself. So how did this fame go? I'll tell you how this fame went. The Father rewarded openly what had been done in secret. Now, skip down. My phone keeps shutting off on me. Skip down to verse 17. So here he is in the synagogue, verse 17. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Watch verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He went from being led by the Spirit to coming out of the wilderness fasting in the power of the Spirit to now he's in the synagogue and the Spirit of the Lord is on him. This is following fasting. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Now there's an anointing. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year. That sounds a lot like the fast that he has chosen, read about in Isaiah 58. Breaking bonds, setting at liberty, deliverance, anointing comes following a fast. Brother Lewis, I'm with you. I'm excited about this. Sorry, Sister Julie. My flesh is not, but my spirit, my spirit is excited. My spirit's excited because of the unity that I feel here in this room and the desire of hearts that I feel expressed here. Let me say this. This is not a competition. Let's make that clear. You understand? We're not competing with one another. This is why unity is so important. Some will fast three days, some will fast five, some may fast two, some may fast one, some may fast one a week. Some Be faithful to what you commit and do it wholly unto the Lord. Amen. Now, stand with me. It's been all right tonight. It's been helpful for us. It's important. I think the Lord wants us to go in with understanding and expectation. I don't know if you noticed when Brother Rosario was reading Daniel chapter 6. I think that was right. When Brother Zario was reading Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was fasting. Did you notice what he saw? Better yet, did you notice who he saw? Flaming eyes like flames of fire. Is that what it said? Yeah. Do you remember he read? Maybe you can put that up there real quick. Daniel chapter 6 and verse number whatever that was. 12 maybe. Short pencil is better than long memory. Daniel 10, sorry. I didn't think 6 sounded right. Daniel chapter 10 and verse number somewhere in there. I'm putting the guy to work back there. I want the part in Daniel 10 where he saw. Verse 6. That's where the six was coming from. Watch. His body was like the barrel. That's a stone, a jewel. His face as the appearance of lightning. His eyes as lamps of fire. His arms and his feet like in color to polished brass. And the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. This is what Daniel saw in fasting. Flip over to the book of Revelation. Chapter 
Revelation chapter 1. It's easier when it's sitting on a podium. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 13. This is John on the Isle of Patmos. Hundreds of years later. Hundreds of years later. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, I saw one like unto the Son of Man. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot. We didn't read verse 5, but he said he was girt. Clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. That sounds like what was described in verse 5 of Daniel. Verse 15, 14. His head and his hairs were white like wool. I... As white as snow, his eyes, whoa, whoa, this sounds familiar. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Verse 15, his feet were like fine brass burned in the furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. I think we've got to recognize that John saw the same thing Daniel saw. Would we agree? <laughs> Do you realize, because of Daniel fasting, Daniel saw the Son of God, the Son of Man, before he had ever come to be and revealed himself. And I feel the Holy Ghost. Hundreds of years before. Daniel so desired. Just how close do you want to get to him? Brother John Stone said. That when he fasted. The Lord said you know what? I think I'm going to let him see what I'm going to reveal to somebody else hundreds of years later. I'm just going to go ahead and open myself up to him. And Daniel saw the son of man. The same way John saw him on the Isle of Patmos. That came from a place of fasting. There's a reward. Could we pray together before we go? God, would you give us grace? Come on, he'll give you grace. As you begin to commit to this time of fasting and prayer. Give us grace, Lord.